I just saw Space Jam A New Legacy and sat down with Bugs Bunny himself, Jeff Bergman. So, of course, you realize this means podcast. Are you ready, eager young space cadet? Meep, meep. Where's the kaboom? There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. Hello and welcome to Of Course You Realize This Means Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Graves, and welcome to the non-spoiler review of Space Jam A New Legacy. There will be no discussion that will lead to plots or jokes being ruined for you uh, before you see the movie, so you're in safe hands here. I was very lucky and thankful to Warner Brothers for inviting me out to watch the film early, and... I'll keep it brief. I don't want to, you know, ruin any enjoyment for you. Uh, But following the review, you'll be able to hear my exclusive interview with Bugs Bunny himself, Jeff Bergman. And I had a blast interviewing him. And you're going to hear all kinds of wild stories about how he met Mel Blanc when he was a kid and him taking over the role of Bugs all the way back in the 90s. And you know, he's been with the franchise for so long. It's it's really an honor for him to um, to be Bugs in this movie, but also it's an honor for us to witness it uh, because he does a phenomenal job. And this movie was made during a pandemic. Uh, they were in lockdown and making these choices via Zoom. And it's really fascinating how this whole project came together over such a tumultuous time and it's amazing how it turned out and whenever you see it you're just going to be blown away by the animation by the voice acting by the the acting on screen by lebron and his family it's just wow uh not not his actual family his his fake family <laughs> for the movie and uh yeah so um if you're new here please follow the podcast on instagram facebook at This Means Podcast and Twitter on This Means Pod. And without further ado, here is my spoiler-free review of Space Jam, A New Legacy. campus next weekend. You got amazing potential on the court, and I can help you get there. That's not what I want, Dad. You never let me do what I want to do. You never let me just do me. Hold up. Wrong floor. Bet Will Smith ain't got to deal with this. What in the Matrix hell? So first I want to discuss my feelings going into this film. This was a press screening and it was mostly an empty theater and I really can't wait to watch this film with an audience. I feel like there's a lot of moments and jokes that are going to be made in the theater by the reaction uh, from massive fans like yourself or just, you know, the collective invested audience. And I'm so thrilled for that experience uh, that I will hopefully be having tomorrow and, you know, um, as many times as I see it in a theater. I also know that it's coming out to HBO Max, so if you feel uncomfortable seeing it in a theater right now, it's totally cool to see it on HBO Max. 
and we can you know discuss the film online and I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts about it. The movie is directed by Malcolm D. Lee and produced by Ryan Coogler. The screenplay is by Jewel Taylor, Tony Rettenmeyer, Keenan Coogler, Terrence Nance, Jesse Gordon, and Celeste Ballard. And it is it is one for the books, people. This film is a it's a family film uh, first and foremost. It's it's the story of a father and son. And if you if you buy into that relationship on any level, I think this movie is going to work for you as it did for me. And the cast is amazing. Uh, LeBron James does a really good job carrying the movie. And Don Cheadle as Algie Rhythm is a very formidable villain and somebody that you're going to love to hate. And he is so over the top in the best way that it makes you really, you know, fearful for Dom, but also uh, you're, you're, it invests you more in, in what's happening with LeBron and his his son in this, uh, his son pay, played by Cedric Joe, who does a really good job of bringing the emotion. And, you know, he, he's just a kid, um, who loves, who loves what he loves and he wants to follow his heart and his, his mind and his career, uh, around that and not basketball. And so that is really the crux of the movie. It's a plot that I feel that works because of the cast and because of the, way the the worlds unite between the toon world and the the basketball world and his family and like the real life and you know it's it's wild that uh it goes to these places emotionally um but i feel like it works and it works in a really wonderful way and then yeah you have uh sernequa martin green playing lebron's in movie world wife and she does a really good job with what little she's given, but uh, she brings the emotion as well. Zendaya as Lola Bunny. I, I have to admit, I was a little surprised by that casting, but in seconds of her inheriting the role, I completely was, you know, believing that it was Lola. Like, this is this is Lola Bunny. Like, I, I, I couldn't separate Lola from Zendaya. Uh, which is a testament to Zendaya's voice work in here. And speaking of voice work, we have one of the best casts for these Looney Tunes characters, including Jeff Bergman, as previously mentioned, as Bugs, Sylvester, and Yosemite Sam. You have Eric Bauza lending his voice to the best Daffy Duck since Mel Blanc. Sorry to D. Bradley Baker. <laughs> I, I, I do love your performance, but... Eric Bowser just knocks it out of the park here. He's also Marvin the Martian and has been since 2010, I want to say. And he he just inherits these roles and these voices so naturally. And rounding out his roster is Porky Pig, Elmer Fudd, Foghorn Leghorn. I mean, the, you know, the, the guy is multi-talented. Um, and, uh, and then Bob Bergen returns. He's the only returning cast member from the first Space Jam in the same role as Tweety. Bob Bergen has never disappointed with a voice, and his Tweety is just as memorable as you've last seen him. I love the fact that we have that legacy here, 
And it is a new legacy, and it's a new legacy with these with most of these voice actors. Uh, speaking of new voice actors, Candy Milo is taking over for June Foray, um, who passed away. But she does such a phenomenal job of inheriting the role and making it her own, but also blending both B. Bernadette, who started the role uh, as the classic granny that we know and love, and June, who took over and and you know ha- had her own. Uh, you know, sassiness and, and, and deeper register with it. And Candy is the, the glue that brings those two together. And it's the perfect granny. And uh, Jim Cummings, of course, providing the voice of Taz, which is just delightful. Uh, anytime Jim Cummings is a part of a project, I'm always excited. We have a killer soundtrack in this movie. And the soundtrack really doesn't detract from anything going on on screen it really elevates it in a way that is unexpected and you'll find yourself tapping your toe or you know like uh getting involved um because of the music because of what's happening on screen and and how invested you are into the storyline and then these track listings drop and you're just you're in it and the visual effects hands down are phenomenal not only in the animated world, but just in the live-action basketball arena, which also takes place in Toon World, it's, it's really hard to describe what you're seeing because it's a blend of both CGI and green screen, but live-action actors, and it's done, obviously, in a way that has been molded and transformed from Who Framed Roger Rabbit all the way down to you know, uh, the last Space Jam to Ready Player One to, you know, um, the, the, the Marvel films in any movie that has a lot of green screen, you're always looking for the seams. And I can tell you that there are no seams. You will not find them. This movie has peak technology behind it. And I, I cannot rave enough about the intricacies that are present here within the technology, within the world building. One of the things that I pointed out from the trailer was the fact that in the background of the of the Space Jam game, of the main game on the court, uh, you can see different locations from the Looney Tune cartoons and the shorts. And those just being there, I think, elevate the environment. I wish that we got to visit them more. We do get to visit them a little bit in the beginning, but I wish we got to visit them a bit more, and I I wish that there was more time to be spent in the Toon world, but that's just, you know, coming from a fan who loves these, you know, classic shorts, who loves these characters, who wants them to have more on-screen time, but I'm so thankful for what we have, and I feel like Malcolm D. Lee did a really great job of bridging the gap between the animated world and the live action world. And that storyline that carries us through is one that I think will resonate with a lot of people. I mean, that's a really great job directing. And I know it must've been a challenge. He's never done anything like this before. And it just, it came off seamless. It's been 25 years since the first film. And I have such a soft spot for that film. Although there are some things I never really agreed with in it. I was never a fan of the Looney Tunes needing Michael Jordan to save them from the aliens. And I know that also Chuck Jones had said something similar. I I think this film 
fixes that problem. And when you watch it, the Looney Tunes don't need LeBron, but LeBron comes to the Looney Tunes and they have to work together and defeat this evil AI. And the way that it all comes together and the way that the Looney Tunes are portrayed is on par with how they were created and how they, you know, acted within those shorts. And uh, um, Eric Bauza is doing a rendition of the Chuck Jones Daffy Duck and not the woohoo, like wild zany Daffy Duck. And he is bringing so much energy into it. You're almost forgetting that this isn't a Looney Tunes cartoon. Like you're actually watching a movie and there's other stuff happening, but uh, those little moments, um, they really work. So such as the, the moment from the trailer, whenever uh, Daffy is telling Sam to shoot the ball and he shoots it with his guns, you know, th- those little moments are very reflective of the the tone that they reached with this movie. And I know that's that's, you know, one of those buzzwords of like, oh, did it have the right tone? I think it did, though. I think it did a really good job of making it fun and comedic, but also a a heavy family film with a lot of good emotional drama. There are jokes that don't land, but there are so many jokes in this that even if a few of them or a handful of them don't land, a majority of them do. And that's what makes it enjoyable. And that's why I'm excited to go back and, you know, watch this with an audience or, you know, like catch things I missed. And there are a lot of little nuances between the characters that I really enjoyed, such as Bugs and LeBron. They have this energy about them, uh, but there's also Bugs and Lola and like that energy is different. And, you know, they they did a really good job of, you know, advancing what we know about these characters, but also retooling it a bit and making it new and and making it fresh for new audiences. I think I think kids are really going to love this movie. And I think adults who have nostalgia for the first movie. Or just Looney Tunes in general. Are going to really love seeing these characters on the big screen again. Just as I did. I had a smile on my face the whole time. And I know that I'm the audience member who goes into a Looney Tunes movie. Looking for you know these little minute things. And when I tell you there are some things in here that... I've never seen happen in Looney Tunes that just made me smile and made me geek out. I, I you know, I, I had such a good time watching that and, and experiencing that. And kudos to the voice actors bringing these characters to life and kudos to the cast. Don Cheadle and Dom have such a good chemistry together that you're almost like, you're almost rooting for Dom to, you know, make the right decision but at the same time, Don Cheadle is so compelling as a villain that, you know, you're conflicted. <laughs> um, there are these, you know, there are these great moments that I can't wait for people to see and um, to take with them. And obviously this is this is a, another Space Jam movie. And just to talk about the basketball game, they did some really creative stuff on the court and I love that the points are not just regular basketball points. They're kind of crazy points. And it all deals with the I, the ideology that Dom brings to it. And it's, it's a really fun way to integrate something so ridiculous into this 
seemingly high-stakes basketball game that I think elevates the story past what we had before. It's it's so wild, it's so out there, but it's a lot of fun. And if you can catch it, I highly recommend catching it in a theater where people are going to be, you know, cheering and rooting with you and you get invested in the game. You want, you know, the the Toon Squad to come out victorious. So I highly recommend it. I had a blast watching it. I, I enjoyed the performances. I enjoyed the the way the Looney Tunes were portrayed in this. And I hope that we get more Looney Tunes on the big screen. But for now, I have this. I'm happy. And I will be seeing it multiple times. And I hope you will too. So without further ado, here is my interview with Mr. Bugs Bunny himself, Jeff Bergman. And if you like this, please like, share, and subscribe on iTunes so more people can find the podcast. And if you saw the film, please comment down below with some of your favorite moments, characters, or what world you would love to visit within the serververse. So remember, that's not all, folks, and enjoy the interview with Jeff Bergman, starting now. What is it about the character that keeps you energized and and keeps it fresh for you? Well, Bugs Bunny can do anything. There's nothing that Bugs Bunny can't do with his wit, his charm, and his, you know, sort of clever, uh, you know, machinations. Uh, I mean, I think it was Chuck Jones that said, and I love this, that Bugs Bunny is who we aspire to be, but Daffy Duck is often what we're stuck with. So, um, indeed. yeah, I mean, Bugs is my favorite character. There's no no doubt if I had a favorite, yeah. Of mine the too. Yeah. yeah, mine too. You do such a pitch perfect job in this. And it's it, it's so weird that you've been voicing this character since Gremlins 2, since like the 90s. And this is the first Space Jam where you're voicing Bugs and it sounds like Bugs to me. And, you know, no discredit to Billy West, but I feel like you inherited this role and you embody it in such a way that I trust your choices with the character. And when Bugs is in those situations where he's yelling or he's, he's, you know, asking for Lola, like we need your help. And, and that callback, I feel like you do it such a, a good, um, a, a better service of, of that line reading. You have this, this wonderful presence as the character that it instantly takes people back to their childhoods. What is it wow. about the, the vocal talent and, and working with Malcolm that got you to this, this new level of bugs in this movie? You know, Jonathan, this was such a collaborative effort because not being able to be in a recording studio like we normally would be, and then even sometimes working with other actors, this was something we did remotely. We recorded this over in a year and a half. And so here we are, you know, huddled in our home studios and there's these giant Zoom sessions and you've got Malcolm Lee, the director, Spike Brandt, the animation director, and we had the producer, Troy Nethercott there. And then, you know, a script analysis person and then, you know, our recording engineer, Matt Kulowitz was there. So we had so many people, but what was great was there's an intimacy with the Zoom that I think we all stored it. We, we kind of figured that out early on. And not being in the studio and maybe seeing a storyboard, you know, or, or you know, just, just having that normal comfort, we had, the, the director had to bring so much more context to the scene. And so I think, 
I think, you know, we all had to put our big boy pants on and step up and, and just bring that much more, you know, preparation to it. So, I mean, whenever there was a scene, like we don't, we don't always get things chronologically. So right. we do things out of order. So we would do a scene. And so I don't have the other actor there to, to work off of. So that's where a great director and that's where Malcolm and our animation director, Spike Brandt, gave us so much context is what's happening in that scene and would often read the, the corresponding lines to, you know, Bugs Bunny so that I really had a sense. And then we just explored a lot of different, you know, options. That's so, great. so much fun. Yeah. Animation on its own is a difficult process and it, it helps to have the visuals with you, but just knowing that you just went off of the script and, you know, during a pandemic and just on zoom, like that's, <laughs> It, that elevates it to another level. Like that's just yeah. phenomenal that it came out this way. It, it sounds so good too. Like every, like the vocal talent across the board is great, but you, you do bugs, you do Yosemite Sam in this and Sylvester. And like, those are mainstay characters. Do, do you have your own inner dialogue when it comes to those characters and like what they would say, what they wouldn't say in a given situation? You know, it, we're exploring a lot of different things. So, you know, we'll have the script, Jonathan, and then we'll work off and riff and try to have other ideas and somebody will pitch an idea. And so we'll try it. And then some, sometimes it works and you can't believe it. And like, oh, my God, we got an improv that that works. So most I would say about at least 85 percent of it was all very written and there wasn't much we needed to do with it, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely have things that I want to bring. I certainly want to bring, you know, in Yosemite Sam, oh, I'm a Hessian for aggression. I got to get that varmint no matter what it takes. I mean, I, I still have to kind of bring that classic spirit no matter what we do. Because, uh, you know, that's what people want to hear. I mean, that's what I want to hear. Right, you know? right. <laughs> <laughs> Again, pitch perfect um, in all, every sense of the, the word. And these characters just flew off the screen. The, the animation is immaculate. And did, did you get to see the animation uh, as it progressed throughout the, yes. the stages? What was yes, that Yes, we like? did. It was really cool. So <laughs> what will happen is after we're done recording the film, we'll often do uh, post-production. So, for, for example, if they want to put a line in, uh, or they just need, there was a little bit of noise or whatever reason they want to replace a line. We now get to see the actual full 2D animation or 3D animation. And you're seeing it for the first time. So it's shocking. And it's like, whoa, that's so cool. So I remember there was a scene that we, we did not that long ago where Bugs is changing from 2D into 3D and his arm is, you know, He's going through the change and I had to make that the effect for that, you know, and that was so much fun to do that and to see it and feel it as it's happening. It was the best. It was just, it was so dimensional. It, it was, was so cool. It looked amazing. And, you know, did you like, just see it? Did you just see it yesterday? I did. I yeah. Did. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was blown away. I was blown away by, by the animation and, and again, by the vocal talent um, of yourself as Bugs. And the, the entire cast is bringing it. There's so much nuance between the characters on screen and the live action element that it, it never feels disconnected. Like it, it's really a sense of imagination and magic on the screen whenever LeBron is interacting with you. Did you 
did you ever meet LeBron during the process of the vocal recording or was it always uh, Spike Brand or somebody reading you the lines and uh, LeBron was acting off of nothing <laughs> on set? I did not meet LeBron. Wow. It was very much like Tim Allen and Tom Hanks. They said they had never met until the premiere. Wow. So that just goes to show you how great a job the directors do. And then of course there are, you know, um, takes that we hear of LeBron. So I get to hear what he does, but I hadn't, you know, I, I, I had seen the film in its original, original uh, context, which is about nine months ago. And I saw the emotional uh, structure, the content between LeBron and his son and the interaction between LeBron and his family. So that was really cool, but so much of the animation wasn't done. So that I hadn't seen until the post-production sessions that we had. So it was, uh, it was stunning. And then the trailer, I was geeking out to the trailer because I was watching, I was watching other people watch the trailer, giggling and laughing. Like I was with them. And then I was crying because there was a father and son that were going through all of this nostalgia because people were such fans of the original. And I even liked people saying, oh, they're not going to do that. They're not going to go there. Oh, oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it was just, somebody should make a movie out of people watching the trailers. They should. It's so entertaining. It's so, <laughs> right? It's just so amazing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you also voice Yogi Bear and Fl Fred Flintstone. And I want to touch on that real quick. So they have cameos i would say uh, as they're mm -hmm. filling in the audience uh, for the big game in this yes and those characters have a life of their own in that they have had this legacy of like 60s like old time sitcom style animated shows and now you're bringing them in the forefront and they're cgi and they are alive and what is it about uh, those characters specifically that you like about bringing them into the modern era and uh, and possibly like, because there's the new Jellystone show and I don't want to get too much off a tangent, but um, you you have this way about bringing in that sense of nostalgia with those characters as well. Um, and those two are big, like Yogi Bear and, and Fred Flintstone are pretty big. Um, so uh, what is it about those Hanna-Barbera Hanna characters that, uh, that you love and that speaks to you? Well, you have to remember, I grew up in the late 60s, early 70s, late 60s, early 70s. So when I first saw the Looney Tunes, I saw them in commercials and Mel Blanc was alive and Dawes Butler was alive. So my first reference, you know, hey, boo-boo, I'm smarter than the average bear. Oh, Yogi, if I were you, I wouldn't touch that picnic basket. Mr. Ranger, who you get in a lot of trouble with him. <laughs> Yogi, if I were you, I'd stay away from those people in the park, Yogi. <laughs> so, you know, that, that feeling is, lives within me. And I saw them in first run. So, you know, that's kind of what I, what I bring. I mean, when I think of Bugs Bunny, yes, I think of the cartoons, I think of Mel Blanc, but I also think of, you know, that Bugs Bunny commercial, which was like, okay, folks, you gotta get Tang. That's right, Tang. Start your day with Tang breakfast. And that just, you know, <laughs> I just, that, that's my childhood. So sure, sure. It, it's, it's like, we all have our, our reference points. And so that I think is, is what stays with me. And of course I met Mel Blanc 
um, 40 years ago when he was doing a, a lecture and a performance at the University of Pittsburgh. I was wandering around the campus on just a, a late March uh, sunny day in, in Pittsburgh doing nothing. And I saw a sign that said, Mel Blank Bugs Bunny going to be at the university. And so I found out where he was staying later that I saw the performance. He was great. Found out where he was staying on campus, knocked on his door at 10 o'clock at night. Who would do that? And I knocked on the door and I heard, uh, uh, just a jiffy. And I went, oh my God, oh God, that's, that's him. That, I got the right room. And he opened up the door and he was in a bathrobe. And he said to me, are you Jewish or Italian? And I, I'm like, well, like, what's going to get me in? I said, I'm Jewish. And he said, come on in. I mean, as if that could ever happen in a day and age like this. <laughs> so he was so nice, like we knew each other. He was just so sweet and so nice. And we spent maybe 45 minutes talking. And he said, uh, if you ever get out to Los Angeles, look me up when you, whenever you get out there and get your degree if you can. Because I didn't really want to stay in school. I wasn't an academic per se. But he said, try to stay in school, get your degree and keep, keep at it with the voices. And, come. and so eight years later, he passed away on my birthday, oddly enough. Oh my God. Which was so strange. And then three weeks later, in August of uh, or late July, they were auditioning for Tiny Toon Adventures. And, and that's when I first landed the role of Bugs Bunny. Amazing. And Mel Crazy. Blank is, is such a legend. It's so amazing that you got to speak to him and have that 45 minutes together. I'm sure that that was life changing. It was. That was a watershed moment for me. It changed the whole trajectory of my career. I had no idea. And no thought that I would ever go into animation. I was just a fan like anybody else as a kid. I mean, I did do impersonations, but I came at that doing, you know, live people, not, not cartoons. It just never occurred to me that mm -hmm. I would go in that direction. Just never did. Wow. So, you know, Steven Spielberg once said, opportunity whispers. It's just that we have to listen. It's very true. Going back to Space Jam, you voice Bugs Bunny in this and... Bugs in the plot starts off alone in the Looney Tune world, but knowing that you're such a Bugs Bunny expert, which world in the Warner Brothers lexicon do you think Bugs Bunny would want to visit if he was able to uh, just leave and, and go wherever he wanted to go? Hmm, that's hard to say, folks. I think I want to be in all the worlds in the cyber voice. <laughs> well, Oh, that's a very, such a deep question, Jonathan. Uh, wow. I mean, well, you know, that's the thing with Bugs. You know, he kind of wants to be in everybody's business. So, I mean, I don't know that there's any one, one favorite, favorite world. Um, it's true. You know, but I certainly love the scenes with, with he and LeBron. Um, I was so stunned when I saw the film. I didn't remember so many of what, what we had done. I didn't remember a lot of the scenes uh, in the beginning of the film with with him and the spaceship I, I just that stuff i didn't remember so it was it was so startling to me we did that oh yeah we, i guess we did do that i just love the family element and how much bugs wants yeah. to reconnect with all the looney tune characters and yeah. that is that is so that's like really deep for me because i i consider all these characters like part of my family like you know i've grown up with them my whole life and i consider them like loved ones and i, I mean i have this podcast and i talk about them all the time but it's it's really uh indelible to have this film that talks about family in this way and i just i love bugs's perspective that he just he wants everyone back and he wants everyone to be on that world and 
you know, it's um, it, it's really amazing that you're behind the voice in this, and it is it is a new legacy. It is a new legacy of voice actors. It is a new like roster, and I love that they brought in such a really great talent like LeBron to lead it. And I felt that the chemistry between Bugs and LeBron was was wonderful. Like it was it yeah. was really great. And my favorite moment is whenever LeBron enters the Toon World and he's animated and he hugs Bugs Bunny. Yes. Yeah. Like that is, I it's think so everyone can connect. Yes. Oh, you're bringing out a really great point because the first film, and I know there's really big fans of the first film, and we pay homage, as you can see, watching the film to the first film. But what's so nice about this is it's a standalone because it's a father-son story. And it's, it is about family, but they don't hit you over the head over it. But it's also about the fact when, when LeBron's son in the film says, you, you, don't let, you just don't let me just do me. And that is such an important point that we all need to own our own passion, our own desire, and, and hopefully get that recognized by, by people like our, 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 our elders, our parents. But we have to own that. We have to really be passionate about it. Because if we are, other people will get it too. And I think that's so much what I what I love about the film as well. In addition, you know, to the to the family aspect of it, which is is subtle, but but yet it, it is it is kind of powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So there's another aspect of this movie which is all about the tech and like video games and stuff like that. And it starts with a Looney Tunes video game on Game Boy, which I'm sure I had. And <laughs> I was wondering if you have any favorite Looney Tunes games um throughout the years wow hmm i would say well i mean i'm really i'm really curious about the xbox and mm -hmm. the only reason i'm saying that really is because i i i did the game oh nice. so like i kind of know more about it and i wasn't like what you would call like a, a gamer but that's got me really interested and i love the fact that they had a contest and two people had to come up with their own game so i mean these are people that are really into it and they created the game on xbox so i mean that's the one that i really i'm curious uh, to really play um, yeah me too and you're talking about space jam the game which is currently on game pass uh for xbox and right i i love the commercials and i love <laughs> uh, yeah you just mentioned the, the contest that's such a brilliant idea i'm so glad that's people great. actually contributed that and two people created that game that's incredible right yeah, like how did they do that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm right yeah. there with you. I can't wait to play that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so they wanted to make it interactive, and I think that was really smart of, of mm -hmm. Xbox to do that. So so smart. And I think Candy Crush, you know, that was yeah. that was fun. I mean, there's been so many things. I really love doing uh, the shop with uh, with LeBron. Um, that was really fun being in the barber shop. That was sort of a different kind of low key bugs like. All right, LeBron, let's see what you got. You were a help. That day, <laughs> you brought it. You had the game. Mm -hmm. That was kind of, that was a really kind of different Bugs, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. I love that Bugs is sipping on a carrot martini in that. Yeah, Caratini, I love it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Transitioning a little bit, um, you voice Sylvester in the HBO Max original series, Looney Tunes Cartoons. Yeah. And yeah. season two just dropped today. So mm -hmm. what is it about Sylvester and why can't he catch Tweety Bird <laughs> after all this time? Well, you know, Sylvester's really interesting. One of my, it's one of my favorite characters because of this element. When Sylvester's in a scene with Tweety, 
he's the, he Tweety and Sylvester are pets of Granny, mm-hmm. right? So like that's one universe that he lives in. But there's also the other Sylvester, and that's you know this Sylvester. You're getting to be a big boy now, son. And there comes a time we must discuss some of the mysteries of life. Yes, father. What is it you wish to know? Uh, yeah. Now, uh, the first thing a cat's got to know, that, I mean, there's that Sylvester, and I love the fact that they're real. They're like real people than that, <laughs> but but they're only pets with Granny. I always thought <laughs> that was just so funny that they did that. I don't know if they did that intentionally or they just thought, hey, we'll just give him a son too. And But he's they're never with Granny, at least I don't think so, if I know my animation history. It was Sylvester and Sylvester Jr. are never with Granny. Yeah, That's because that they're Yeah, they're not, they're not, pet, they're not pets, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, there, he's the same kind of character, but, but yeah, it's different. You know, he's different. Yeah. I love Pete Brungard and everything. Uh, all those guys are doing over there. They, um, they really take the, the soul of the originals and inject it into, you know, this, these modern times, but with, you know, sin back animation that is lush, beautiful, beautiful and vibrant. I, yeah. And the character, yeah, I mean, if you walk by, if you walk by, if you're, if it's on you know, on your, t- on your TV, on your laptop and you're watching, you walk by, you'd think it was from the late forties. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's, it's beautiful what they've done. It's gorgeous. We did a couple of foghorns uh, where I do foghorn. We did some hour fights. They all look great. I mean, they all are so smart. Yeah. The writing over there is phenomenal and the comic yeah. just leaps off the screen, uh, just like it does in Space Jam. Uh, I yeah. was laughing my butt off watching this movie and I had tears in my eyes through the emotional <laughs> moments and it was just yeah. affecting me. Um, going back to Batman, though, Bugs gets to dress up as the Dark Knight in this. Um, or the later, He's the blue version. Yeah. Um, you have actually voiced Bugs Bunny as Batman in the Looney Tunes show. But this was that old, that the 90s animated series style with Bugs and LeBron. Like, can you speak to Bugs Bunny in that world and, and how much fun that was to see Bugs dressed as Batman? Batman is my, that's my early jam. So anything Batman, it didn't matter if it's, you know, Christian Bale Batman or Ben Affleck or Adam West. I mean, I'm a huge Batman fan. So I thought, you are you kidding me? I get to be Bugs Bunny and Batman at the same time? Which Batman do I do I kind of you know conjure up? Like, how's that gonna? And that's what's really interesting. It's a good question, Jonathan, because sometimes you kind of want to lean more towards the caricature of who you're doing. And you know, because Bugs Bunny would often imitate a little bit the characters that he was doing, but you always kind of knew it was Bugs Bunny. You still so that's where we thought, well. We'll try one where I'm more like Batman, you know, or I'm Batman, you know, and then we'll try one that's maybe a little bit more bugs ish, you know. So that's where we kind of experimented and tried different things. It's fun. I mean, I, you know, you never know what they're going to use. It looks to me like he's just got a little bit of gravitas and a little sass, but we still kept it, you know, pretty much bugs, you know. Um, yeah. So, but I definitely went more, you know, more towards that. Um, I don't want to give away. There's a really fun scene where I where I imitate somebody else in the film. They didn't show that in the trailer, and so we kind of messed around with with that. Who who I who I was trying to imitate uh, as Bugs and that. So it just was so much fun to go in those directions. I I can't imagine how fun that was in the booth to just yeah <laughs> yeah cool. I guess to to end it this 
character is so endeared to so many people and uh, Bugs Bunny, obviously. Um, what is it that, that, that brings you back to your childhood in every sense of voicing him? And, and I guess it's vocal manipulation or uh, the way that you bring that Brooklyn and New York accent together and, and you come up with the Bugs voice, but does it always send you back there? Does it always like bring you back to your childhood? It does. And it's very emotional because it's a happy place. And it's, uh, it's kind of maybe why I do what I, why I think I do this because I just want to maybe prolong my childhood and just stay there. It was just, uh, getting up on Saturday mornings with, uh, you know, and having cheese doodles and chocolate milk and watching the Looney Tunes or Speed Racer or Bugs Bunny or Yogi Bear and Huckleberry Hound. It didn't matter what it was. It's just a place that you kind of always want to go to. And there's no politics. There's, there's, it's just a, a safe place of candy and snacks. And <laughs> after these messages, we'll be right back. I mean, that's, that all stays with, with, with me, you know, it just, uh, and growing up, like in the 60s, I mean, I would see, you know, uh, whether it was Bugs Bunny or the Pillsbury Doughboy or the Jolly Green Giant, these were all, you know, uh, film, television, animation, commercial icons. And people in, say, 1967 only had a TV for maybe 10 to 15 years. So everything was so new. So seeing anything animated on TV was like, oh my God, Bugs Bunny? is in a commercial for a like Kool-Aid? He, I love Kool-Aid. How did Bugs Bunny get in there? How did these, how are those worlds happening? Like it was the most incredible thing in the world. So I, I think that always sort of stays with me. You know, I remember when Fred Flintstone was advertising, I mean, for, you know, Winston cigarettes and Welch's grape juice. And, and then he advertised for beer. The Flintstones advertising for beer. And it was just was. the coolest thing to see that. So that definitely is with me. Yeah. It never yeah. leaves. Yeah. That's wonderful. And I think this, this movie is going to do a lot to bring a lot of love back to the tunes, especially bugs after everything that he goes through on this journey. And I, I, I just, I wanted to thank you for being a part of my life and voicing this character uh -huh. and bringing what Mel, the, the soul of Mel lives within your voice, I feel. And you really capture the character in, in a way that no one else does. So thank you for that. And, um, oh my. you know, I, I, I'm just so thrilled that this movie exists and that you're a part of it. Oh, thank you, Jonathan. That's enormously kind. I'll uh, take that right to heart. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome, Jeff. And, and you. you know, thank you for your time. Thank you for, you know, uh, coming on and, and uh, letting me ask you some questions about the movie. And I can't wait to see it again with a full audience. And I know, know, me too. Cry me some too. more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, thank you, Jonathan. Well, um, you take care and I'll see you at the movies, Doc. <laughs> That's all, folks. Bye.